Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to The Kelly Green Show. This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Bunch of underdogs. And you know what an underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run faster. And that's this Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show. I am your host, Football Kelly. Eagles faced the Patriots on Thursday, and unfortunately, the birds were blown out 35-0. to zero. Fortunately for us all, it was just week two of the preseason, and largely none of the starters were on the field. I am so excited to have my next guest on the podcast this week to talk about the loss and all things Eagles. She is so smart, knows a ton about football, and is in the best seat of the house with NBC Sports Philadelphia, Amy Fadul. How are you, Amy? I'm great, Kelly. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. I spoke to your colleague, Rube, about the Eagles a bit earlier this offseason, and I was so excited when you agreed to come on as a guest. Before we get into the debacle that was the Patriots-Eagles game, you did, <laughs> you did do the pre, uh, pre-game for a much more entertaining game, the Steelers preseason game, uh, last week with Ray Dittinger and Barrett Brooks. What's it like working with those guys? Oh, it's so great. I mean, I always joke that, you know, between getting to talk to Ray about football and Jim Lynham about basketball and, you know, um, Bill Clement or Al Morgani about flyers. And then also of course, Jim Salisbury about baseball. Like I have learned so much just sitting in that host chair half the time Ray is talking and he'll stop talking. And I find myself, I was so wrapped up in what he was saying. I was like, Oh wait, you have to ask another question to somebody else, but he's just so knowledgeable. And, you know, when he says something, it's, it makes whatever you were thinking, He's either solidified it or he's completely changed your mind. Usually because you're like, oh, that's a really good point. Okay, I didn't see it like that. Or yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Now I know I'm a genius because Ray Didinger thought it too. So it's um, it's amazing. And Barrett, obviously, it was great because um, I've, I've gotten to work with Barrett for a number of years on different shows. And so it was, it's always fun when I get to have him, you know, as one of the analysts on Eagles when they let me host those because um, – he and I have such a good friendship anyway, and I always give him a hard time when I'm like, oh, you're going to root for the Steelers today? And he's like, no, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did give him a Super Bowl ring. You know, he helped them win a Super Bowl, so I don't blame him. And he's like, it's a preseason game. I can still, I was like, dude, listen, you can do whatever you want. You have a Super Bowl ring for Pete's sake. Go crazy. You just yeah, cheer absolutely. for whomever. But yeah, I mean, his heart is with the Philadelphia Eagles. He knows that. Um, and they never really, they hardly ever play. It's like every you know couple of years they may play in the regular season. So it's just so much fun. And, and obviously having Seth Joyner on too. I mean, Seth is just a member of one of the most iconic 
you know, Eagles squads and everybody knows the Buddy Ryan defense and what he brings. And it's so funny because people think he's like mad and like a sourpuss all the time. And he's not, but he just gives off that kind of vibe. So it's really great. We kind of play with that a little bit. Like, oh, look, that's Madigan. Big surprise. Defensive guys don't want to show their softies. No, he doesn't want to smile. (laughs) I love hearing that stuff. Uh, Definitely entertaining when you guys join together and uh, give us a little bit of excitement ahead of the games. And the broadcasts are always really fun and educational because I think that's where all the fans kind of jump towards when uh, the games are coming on. You feel like you're waiting forever for the game to come that time of, of night. Um, so having those pre-game uh, uh, broadcasts are just so fun and entertaining. Um, the hype for last night's game with Devontae Smith and his debut was real. I mean, everybody on Twitter was going crazy. We're going to see Devontae tonight. It's going to be awesome. And then right before the game, we heard that the starting O-line and Jalen Hurts weren't going to play alongside (laughs) him. Of all things considered, you know, we have to use context for this moment. Um, What did he look like to you? How did he look? Yeah, I mean, he looked like a guy that had missed, you know, some time at training camp and that he wasn't playing with his usual guys. I mean, you know, he was basically for the last, aside from the last couple of practices, these joint practices, he was you know, not doing much as far as you know, team drills. He finally got in on team drills, you know, just this past couple of days. Before that, he was just off to the side, whether it was like on the jugs machine or it was just kind of keeping his conditioning up. So he looked like a guy that had missed some time. Um, but he's, he's, I, I believe in him. You know, I loved him at Alabama. Um, I thought finally, it's like, you know, the last two teams that picked draft wise you thought Sixers finally made a good selection and Tyrese Max they picked the guy they're supposed to pick and the Eagles actually picked the guy they're supposed to pick like uh oh what's going to happen like is the sky going to fall like this is not us like we don't know what we usually mess these things up so I think that he looked you know rusty but it's also hard like you said the context of not having the normal guys in there and it wasn't that they even some of the players didn't even dress like it was there wasn't even an opportunity for some of the the ones, the starters to play. They just they were never going to play. They didn't even suit up. So I, it was it was definitely hard to put much stock in what you saw from him. But it was important, I think, for them, they thought, to get him out there because originally, you know, up to about three or four days ago, we didn't think he, we would we would see him certainly in this preseason game. And then you're thinking about are you going to see him at all? Because the third preseason game against the Jets, you usually don't see much of anybody that's going to be you know hopefully a starter so I think it was good just to get him on the field and just get him out there and get acclimated somewhat even in a preseason scenario of playing you know and getting ready for the season I think that we will see him against the Jets but it could only be like you know a series or something like that so you know we don't put a whole lot of stock in the preseason these guys don't show their cards uh I would have liked to see a little bit more as far as the cards go for the Eagles but you know, maybe maybe they're keeping it all close to the chest. But I, I thought Devontae, just him getting out there was was a real win when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I certainly understand him looking rusty. I thought Joe Flacco's throws at the beginning when he was uh, going for them uh, were a little off target. So I didn't put that too much on Devontae. He seemed to get a little bit better uh, as the game went on, get a, a little bit more comfortable. You could see him making a few catches at the end of uh his opportunity on the field last night. It was really nice for the fans to at least see him mm-hmm. kind of a letdown that Jalen Hurts wasn't out there. Uh, what did you make of the offensive starters? You kind of alluded to this a little earlier. 
the defensive starters were like out on the practice field, like wearing like regular clothes, like weren't yeah. dressed or in out any outfits, uniforms or anything of that nature. The offensive starters were like in their jerseys, they were in their pads. And then all of a sudden, last minute, like as they're going out onto the field, we find out Jalen Hurts is sick and most of the offensive starters are scratched. What did you make of that? Yeah, when when they said that, you know, I heard Nick Sirianni at halftime and he talked about, listen, you know, it was last minute and he came down, he wasn't feeling well and they're not going to push it. If he's, you know, feeling a little bit ill, we're not going to have our, our our starting quarterback. Now, of course, he hasn't been officially, but he's a starting quarterback. Let's just get that out of the way. He's a starter. They can, Absolutely. you know, him and Hall about whatever they want to do. But at that point, you're not going to put anybody else out there, right? Like you're not going to put your guys out there, which is, I'm sure Joe Flacco is like, gee, thanks. I appreciate right. that. But, you know, it's kind of like, cool. This is the most Joe Flacco has probably played in the preseason, maybe since his rookie year. It's just, and I, I know he knew that, that going in, but it's still got to be kind of like a tough pill to swallow because he's like, I'm not, I'm not that guy, but he is that guy here. So, you know, it was interesting that, that they, they, were so precautious with, and obviously I don't know exactly if he had a stomach bug or he just wasn't feeling well. They do have to, um, is my understanding, they do have to say if it's COVID related. So that's the good news is they didn't say that it was COVID related because I think that's part of the the agreement that they had this year. But um, if he's not feeling hundred percent, you're not going to stick him out there. You're not going to stick him out there because the Patriots are going to play their one defense for at least a series or two. And you're not going to take any chances if the guy's not feeling well and getting hurt or getting sacked or, you know, also, you know, you want to set these guys up for success. I mean, that's an old Andy Reid, you know, got to put them in position for, to, to be successful, but you do. And if the guy's not hundred percent, then he's not feeling well. He's, his timing might be off. He might be off. And then not only do you risk him possibly getting injured, but you also risk, you know, maybe shaking his confidence a little bit, which is not what you're looking for from a, a second year player that you're counting on to lead your team. So I got it. Um, it was disappointing, obviously, but you know, that's the way the cookie kind of crumbled in this case. I'll be interested. You know, it's not like he's going to play in the third preseason game. It's weird this year with only three. You know, traditionally it was like the starters play in one and two, you know, not three and certainly not four. So right. I don't know if there's a chance because he didn't play, you know, Jalen Hurts didn't play in this game that he'll play against the Jets. I, I don't know that. I mean, I wouldn't think he would because the last preseason – game you just don't usually do that but these are unusual circumstances with having one less preseason game and the fact that he didn't play at all in the second one so right he's um, only yeah, played about 10 snaps I think yeah exactly you're looking and at didn't one have basically like one and a half year. series so <laughs> it'll be interesting I mean it's you got to hit the ground running that's you know that's what everybody's working with really when you think about it across the league um but for him it, it'll be tough but I think that he'll be ready mentally I just you know hopefully he's ready for it all timing wise these things really take time to really get down and it's hard to do it in practice because you just don't have that live ball atmosphere no matter how much you try to imitate it it's just not the same as when the game you know goes live yeah and he is um you know whether people agree or not he is a runner so you have to be able to get that um that adrenaline up for that long of a game i mean when you're when you're throwing the ball when you're running the ball you have to have the um, cardio to handle that. So I saw a few guys uh, hitting their helmet last night saying they were tired. They wanted to be pulled from the game at some points. It was Alex Singleton that I can think of specifically who was just completely exhausted at one point in the game. So a lot of these guys have to get their, um, 
their cardio up for that long of a game. They're, they're not used to it. So it will be interesting to see if they do decide the starters will be playing in that Jets game. But it was interesting to me that the defensive starters were automatically not going to be playing last night and the offense was going to be playing. I, I have to feel like Jalen Hurts wanted to play and they were pushing, he was pushing for it. And then um, it didn't pan out. That's just my assumption about it. Um, but like, like you said, safer than sorry in this atmosphere, when it's a preseason, you have a little bit more time to get people up to speed. Uh, definitely wasn't worth pushing him out there if he was under the, under the weather and apparently went to the hospital and had a stomach infection. That doesn't sound so great. Definitely was a smarter move to not see him out there. It wasn't the sexier move, but it was the smarter move. So uh, we will continue to look forward to the potential Jalen Hurts to Devontae reunion uh, in Philadelphia after their time in Bama. Uh, once they are in the regular season, if they don't play next week in against the Jets, I did a, a few things that I don't typically do. So I, I hope that this works for a new segment on my podcast. Hope you, uh, can play along with me a little bit. Uh, I asked a few questions on Twitter to get a pulse of the fan base, and I'm going to give you the options from the poll, and you have to guess what the majority of fans said, okay? All right. All right. So for transparency purposes, I put the poll out before the game started last night, and it's been active through the day into Friday. So they've had plenty of time to, to decide if they like their answer or not. So it could have changed over time for the majority. The first poll is Eagles fans always find a reason to buy in for the birds. What excites you most about the 2021 squad? A, the young developing talent. B, the intriguing schemes for offense and defense. C, being back in the stands. Or D, nothing, I'm just loyal. Oh, I'll probably go with C, being back in the stands, though A is an intriguing one. I don't know that the people are, I, I can't imagine that many people just pick D, but they probably could have, but I'll go with, I'll go C. Okay. So C actually was the least. Wow. Really? Yeah. So people were most excited about A, the young developing talent. Yeah. I guess that's true. I mean, that would have been my 62%, second choice. 62%. Yeah. And there were, right. there were 266 votes on that one. So a good portion of people excited about these young guys coming in. Um, but yeah, I thought that being back in the stands would get a little bit more. Um, some people are just loyal 23%. So that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if the Eagles front office were to only trade for one player, what side of the ball would you prefer to add talent to? A, offense, or B, defense? Oh, offense. I mean, that's how I would vote. Give me, a, <laughs> give me a, give me a big time wide receiver. Uh, I mean, that's just me. I, I know defense wins championships as the adage goes, but I need the sexy picks is offense. That yeah. Would be I mean, favorite. there were several people who were commenting saying we really need to add a veteran wide receiver for that group, but surprisingly enough, the defense. defense. All right. Well, you know what's what. Were, I guess they were sick of that 31-0, that 35-0 game last night and said, we need to add defense like crazy. Um, there was 168 votes on that one. 61% said defense. Okay. 
All right. So that's where people are thinking we need some uh, additional help. How are you currently feeling about the incoming coaching staff so far? The first um, option was A, excited, B, skeptical, C, hesitantly optimistic, D, worried. Ooh. See, see, they probably voted one way and then they probably tried to log back on to a different Twitter account and vote another <laughs> way once the game ended. Um, C, hesitantly optimistic. That is correct. All right, I got one. I mean, that's, 40, how, that's how I... 43%. 43% said opt, hesitant, hesitantly optimistic, 160 votes on that one. So most people are feeling okay about this young coaching staff. I was... I was surprised there weren't more skeptical or worried, more yes. excited. There was 35% that were excited. Um, so skeptical and worried were actually the lower uh, of the options, which is kind of surprising, but you have to, you have to like. It's good. That's good. Then Negadelphi is not rearing its ugly head anymore. We're, we're excited. We're optimistic. Look at, Look at Look us. us. We've grown. We're so, we have- we're so mature now. One, one more poll for you. All things considered, are you willing to give Howie Roseman the benefit of the doubt? A, forgive, but not forgotten. B, he's one of the better GMs. C, no, because of costly mistakes. Hmm. A, forgive, but not forget. All right. That is correct. You got All right. All right. 40% said forgive, but not forgotten. I think that's fair because so many people are going to look back at this Carson Wentz trade this offseason, kind of a massive one. And we're already kind of past it. in a lot of mm-hmm. nobody's really talking about him right now. Of course, he's not out there practicing for the Colts because we saw, we saw like two days of him throwing the ball and, you know, there was overreactions online, but for the, for the current moment, uh, people are giving Jalen Hurts a little bit of grace and giving him an opportunity. So you love to see that. Uh, I have this segment on my show called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. I do it most of the time. So it's just fun questions, quick answers. Are you ready for this one? Absolutely. All right. The punter last night was going to need to fill in for our injured kicker if he had to kick a field goal. What's the craziest role you ever had to stand in for? Oh, this is funny. Um, I didn't, I had to actually, they made me. I was in Lexington, Kentucky, which was my first job. I graduated from the University of Kentucky and I worked there right after in Lexington. My first job as you know, kind of a jack of all trades, weekend sports anchor, did whatever. And there was a, there was a tornado warning and I was actually in our control room helping we had what's called a Chiron operator, the person that runs like the little bottom line that says like, you know, here's all the counties that are under the tornado watch. Here's the, puts the graphics up, the running graphics instantly. So I'm telling her, all right, now we got a new one for whatever, Gerard County, yeah, whatever the county into are. like prices right or something. And freaking exactly. Yeah. It was at nighttime. Yeah. Who knows? It was probably like law and order and everybody's losing <laughs> their mind. So, so, um, but they looked around and they come into the control room. One of the, the news director, the associate news director came in and was like, we need somebody. There's the tornado they're thinking could come with close to the station. Does anybody in here know how to shoot? Meaning operate a camera. And I was just like, oh God, no, no, don't look back here. Don't, cause I was the only one. Cause I, I was, I'm a reporter. And of course, when you're in early days, you shoot everything, write, report, anchor, and you shoot your own stuff and edit it. So he lo- looks back in the back row and there I am. And I'm like, 
I, yeah, I'm busted. So I raised my hand. So I had to go out. We had this kind of shed area that was open air, but it was covered where we had all of our live trucks. They were all gone because they're trying to cover the storm footage. So I run out there. I put my camera, lock it down on this tripod and I lock it. Oh you know, like I put the lock on it and I just point it towards the field. I press record and I run back into the station and just watch it through the window. Because if oh you're telling me God, there's God. a tornado coming somewhere close to the station and you want me to go out there and shoot it, I don't This is not, not Twister. Written. This is not a movie. No, no. That I'm is a sports anchor. I don't, I don't do news. I don't know how to do news. I'm you certainly do not. Weather. No. And I was like, I get paid. I'm like, I, I think I was actually still in college, maybe just out. I'm like making like whatever, $8 an hour. And I'm like, okay, no, no, I did it. <laughs> I stayed out there. I, I watched it for a solid 30 minutes until they were like, uh, yeah, I, it's moved. It's moved beyond the station. I was like, okay. Yeah. Wow. That was really crazy. And no one, no one knew that I did that because they're all upstairs and I'm just downstairs watching it through this little teeny window in the doorway, hoping that the camera didn't fall over. That's because insane. I couldn't explain that. But yeah, that's probably the weirdest thing I've ever done. I would have understood if you ended up getting caught doing that. That's that was crazy. Um, I have another question for you for the lightning round. Does John Clark have an apartment at the Philly airport? Doesn't need to. That man, the airport comes to him. He knows <laughs> what's going on more than the traffic controllers. It's amazing. I, uh, I swear. I'm like, he has uh, to live like right next to the. He doesn't actually. He doesn't live anywhere near the it. airport. He doesn't. He does probably have his own. Yeah, he does have his own probably room or something there. But no, he doesn't live near the airport. But man, he's got that. He's got that hookup. It's Johnny Airport. I love it. What's your craziest or most Philly moment? Oh, well, I've had a couple. I mean, obviously the Super Bowl, that whole day was insane. I mean, I get to work at eight o'clock in the morning and I left work at three o'clock in the morning wearing a green sequin dress after drinking champagne and Mad Dog 2020 on air. So that's and definitely- And you were like floating all day. Yeah, it was like, and it was like, I could have like stayed another five hours if they'd asked me to. Um, that's actually like the most, that's, that's a great moment. I don't know if it's the most Philly moment because we've only had the one Super Bowl. So it's hard to say that, but one of my I first- I think it was like my first or second, I think it was my very first like story that I had to go out and shoot somewhere. I, it was January of 2009. I had just started. It was like my second or third day and the Eagles are in the wild card. Um, they're going up to the Meadowlands stadium to play the giants in the wild card game. I get the assignment. Like, all right, we want you to go with this fan group as they travel up there and kind of do a day in the life of with these fans. I'm like, okay. You know, obviously we had to leave early. So I met me and my shooter, who's Dave Dittinger at the time, um, wow. who was Ray's son, which is so cool. He's a great shooter. He works for the NFL and does some stuff for us too. But um, so he he and I meet, we drive up there. I meet at the station. We drive up to uh, an exit in the Northeast. It had a Dunkin' Donuts and a gas station. And we pull off and it's 5.30 in the morning. And we get out. We meet the, the folks from the good folks from the Scotty Express. Shout out. It's converted school bus. Um, nice. that's into like a tailgate and they're doing shots of Jaeger followed by coffee. And I thought, well, if this isn't an indoctrination into the Philadelphia fandom, I don't know what is because it's 5 a.m. Like, do you want some Jaeger? I'm like, no, I mean, maybe, but no, I can't. It's way too early for this. Are you guys kidding me? And then we get up there. It was great. You know, the bus only goes about 60 miles an hour. So it took us a bit to get up to the Meadowlands. And I think of the bus, maybe the 25 people that were on the bus, I think maybe six had tickets, but they just wanted to go up and you know, tailgate in the parking lot and experience the atmosphere. And, 
Yeah, exactly. And of course the birds won the game and uh, it was awesome. But that's definitely like, that's my, one of my first stories. And it's still one of my best because it's such a, a Philadelphia thing. Like here we are in the Northeast at a gas station slash Dunkin' Donuts. And, you know, these guys are, and, and girls are, are shooting Jaeger and, and chasing it with coffee. And we're getting ready to go see the birds play the Giants. I mean, it's, it's quintessential. It was awesome. Yeah. That's, that is definitely a Philly moment if I ever heard one. Uh, we've seen so far a couple of Rager uh, practice catches going viral this offseason. Have you ever gone viral? I don't think so. Not to my knowledge. Hopefully, hopefully there's nothing. It could be a very bad thing to go viral. So. Yeah, I would say I don't, I don't think blessings. I have. I, I, would, I would hope I would know about it. But no, I'm, I'm generally a, a pretty tame person <laughs> one way or the other. So uh, I don't have anything like too exciting going on that that's created that moment. I kind of, you know, it, of course, nowadays, it's so much easier to to turn into a viral meme or video or whatever, because it's just out there. But no, not not yet. I guess I should say, Kelly, not yet. OK. All right. One more from the lightning round. What's the most touristy activity you've done in Philly? Oh, I've done a lot of touristy things, but probably a couple of years ago, um, you know, we were living in South Philly and my cousins came in town from Virginia and I took them to Pat's and Geno's. I didn't want to do it. They wanted to go. And so That's the we ones went. They know. And they were like, we got to go to Pat's and Geno's. And I was like, it's really, there's a bunch of other, like literally like down the street, like not just pizza has better <laughs> cheesesteaks in this place. Are you kidding me? But we went, um, I'll tell you, we went to Pat's or I'm sorry, we went to Geno's in the afternoon. And then after a Phillies game, we went to Pat's and and so when people ask me, like, if you had to pick one of those two, I went with Pat's because I remember it being better, but also I had been at the Phillies game. Right. So I had had some beverages, so it could have yep. just tasted better because it was two o'clock in the morning. Not really I sure, think, but I loved it. I, I think that Pat's is better than Gino's, but I'm sure a lot of people have differing opinions on that one. But I, I'm with you also on the fact that there's better options. And yeah, you were a good, you were a good guest host, you know, they wanted to go. So I was like, we you will go. We will walk there. They want. Exactly. All right. So thank you for humoring me with the Kelly Green lightning round. That was very fun. A little bit more on the birds and I'll, uh, you know, touch base with you a bit about what's in store for you with everything going on with the different teams in Philly. How patient do you think fans will be about the potential growing pains we're going to experience with this young coaching staff and young roster? I think it's probably it's probably a sliding scale. Like they're going to be optimistic and they're going to let them figure it out but they want to see progress. Like fans want to see, okay, we get it. that You guys are going to like have that learning curve and you're going to take some missteps, but progress is the most important thing. It's not, you don't want to see the same stuff in week six that you saw in week one. So if there's still the same mistakes or there's still the lack of, you know, whether it's timing or committing to the run or different things, you're still seeing that, you know, six, seven, eight weeks in, I think that's when you'll start to see some of the frustration. Now, I hope that's not the case. I think, I hope each week, you know, they cut down on any mistakes that they might be making. They increase, you know, some of the, the productiveness of the offense. We haven't really seen a very productive offense. Obviously it was the first half of the first preseason game. There was nothing doing, you know, and it could have been because no one really played. So it's hard to really say, but I think they will be somewhat, you know, they'll give them a, a good, 
amount of leash before they really start to tighten that and think, "Uh oh, like I haven't seen anything positive." Like they just you need to give them something positive to try to build off of. Don't make the same mistakes in week six and seven that you were making in week one. Yeah, it sounded really good to hear uh, Lane Johnson after that loss last night saying. You know, I understand that it's preseason and people are going to not take it seriously, but like the veterans in this, in this locker room are going to be like holding down the fort and trying to instill a lot of uh, discipline into the younger guys so that we don't have to deal with this kind of embarrassing loss again. So that was really interesting because, you know, you think, oh, well, 35 to zero. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. So they're using that as motivation to kind of learn a lesson. And um, you, you hope, at, at least you think that they're being better uh, on the penalty side of things. I haven't seen a, a ton of sloppiness when it comes to, you know, stupid false starts or stuff like that. Like they're at least disciplined enough for me to be like the coaching staff is doing enough to make it seem like they've been, you know, putting emphasis on certain things that you need to have down by week one of the actual season. Uh, But yeah, fans definitely need something to grow on as you were saying. So as long as people feel like there's development in these young players, that's what's exciting everybody, according to the poll that I, I posted, you know, that's the exciting part of this year, whether they win or lose. I don't think that really factors into the Eagles fans um, brains for this year. There's not a lot of expectations of them for this season. But if you can see, you know, Jalen Rager make a step in his sophomore year and Jalen Hurts start to come on strong, then you have, you know, that pair from that draft last year and you have, you know, two, potentially three first round picks next season when there's a lot of talent coming out in that draft, you know, the sky's the limit. If Jalen Hurts is the answer, you've got a lot of options there to really, you know, come away with a haul of really important pieces that this team will need. Um, but of course, you know, if Jalen Hurts doesn't end up being the guy, at least you gave him an opportunity. You saw what, what he had. And, uh, you know, there's there's a potential to, to be the guy right now. So you'd love to see, uh, hopefully, him be able to, to show that on uh, game days. Of course, we saw a little bit of a change in the national media about whether the Eagles could be doing better this season than they originally had, you know, slotted for them. I think that'll probably change after the blowout lose to the Patriots in uh, prime time last night. But what did you make of, you know, people like blowing up the camp reports about the joint practices? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is. I don't know. You, you take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it's a joint practice. Yes, you know, they looked really good and everybody was super jazzed, but you know, Bill Belichick has been doing point, joint practice. He's like came up with the whole concept of a joint practice. It's one of his favorite things. So, you know, who knows to say, who's to say that he didn't, you know, tell his guys to take it easy and then they just go put the hammer on him in the game or he he is the ultimate uh strategist. So, I don't put a whole lot of stock into a joint practice, especially with a joint practice with Bill Belichick because he's not going to give you anything. He's not going to let you see anything that he's working on or that he wants his team to to do. He just go out there just to give him some give the guys some work in a, against another team. So, I I even if it was they said it was a terrible joint practices, I would put, wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into it. I think it's good for the guys. They obviously got up for it. It's always good to see a different color uniform after a couple weeks of going against your own players. So, you know, I think that 
the energy that they brought is good. Obviously, you know, they need to bring that energy regardless of, of a joint practice or, or what, but I mean, I don't put a whole lot of stock into that. I don't put a whole lot of stock into practices, period. Like you could have a great week of practice and have a terrible game, or you could have a terrible week of practice and have a great game. So, you know, the practices are there just for that. You know, as Alan Iverson, we're talking about practice, but they're there to work on some things and, and, you know, get some kinks out and, you know, they barely, they don't even hit anymore. These, these, the days of these two day practices with full pads and guys actually hitting, those are all gone now. So it's just more like, glorified walkthroughs it seems like half the time yeah and uh they're going up to uh north jersey next week to practice against the jets so that will be fun i think it'll be nice to have one the practice with the uh belichick you know coaching staff but then now they're going to play against a a different group of talent plus uh they have a new head coach in in um you know the jets uh front office so He's got a defensive scheme that will potentially give us a different look than what Belichick was scheming up for Jalen Hurts. So it'll it'll be good to have the you know different uh, approaches and and Sirianni to kind of see how other coaches are operating because as as we've all talked about, he's a very young head coach. So I think he's going to be a sponge in this moment and and take everything in, don't you? Do. I mean, obviously he, he is young in this. He's been an offensive coordinator, but it's not like he is, you know, a veteran of a bunch of NFL programs and has really, you know, been around the loop. So he's a sponge. He'll take what he, he wants. He's obviously comes from a football family and a coaching background as well with his brothers and his dad. So he'll take the things that he wants to and try them out. And, you know, he has plenty of good people around him. He has some really good off. Uh, coordinators offensively and defensively special teams and some good coaches that have played the game as well so yeah I mean I think it's all about every good coach knows that you have certain deficiencies and you should be able to you know recognize those and look to people that you can try to emulate whether it's a style or specific schemes or you know even something like a play that you liked you know that's how some of these things come to pass and they get into other people's playbooks just because they saw them, you know, whether it was run against them or they saw it in a practice or um, on game film. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that you'd be a, you would be remiss as a coach if you didn't try to take in everything you can and see if it could work for you. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on. I really appreciate your perspective and your thoughts on the team. I loved talking to you about what's going on with the fan base and how they're feeling and, and giving you the poll results of uh, what I was able to come up with over the the last few days. Uh, Definitely appreciate your time. Is there any projects you're working on or any shows you want to spotlight to listeners of this show uh, that you're working on at the moment? Well, if you're up late tonight, make sure you uh, check out Phillies all weekend. We're on the West Coast, so we got a 10 o'clock game on Friday. We got an 8 o'clock game on Saturday and a 3 o'clock game on Sunday. Obviously, it's Phillies. Uh, kind of hoping to get back on track. We just got the Sixers schedule, so uh, that, that'll that set me up. I'll be the Sixers host for pre- and post-games starting October 20th, so make sure you tune in for those. And then, as always, every Eagles game day, you got to tune in for pre- and post-game with Michael Barkan, Ray Didinger, the man, the myth, the legend he is, and, of course, Barrett Brooks and Seth Joyner and all the guys, Ruben and John Clark. It's, uh, it's always fun. Everybody, you know, that's always kind of a, a great thing about Philadelphia when people ask, like, how – you know, what is this fan base like when I talk to people outside of here? And I'm like, listen, we don't even broadcast the Eagles games and our pre and post game shows are still some of the top rated 
anywhere because everybody does it. Game's over. All right, let's go listen to the coach over on Comcast Sports and now NBC Sports Philadelphia. So uh, that's one of my favorite things about Philly and especially uh, about this this fan base is that they're very loyal and they always they always keep us on our toes and it makes it fun. Yeah, this fan base is loving, uh, you know, all the content about this team. Uh, they love their sports. So Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, Eagles, NBC Sports Philadelphia has it all. So listeners, please go check it out and please check out Amy and all the work she is doing over there. Thank you so much again for coming on today. Listeners, please subscribe to the Eagles Unfiltered podcast for future episodes of the podcast and fly Eagles fly. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.